Hello there and happy Tunes Day. My name is Francis and I love music. Love it. And movies. Movies and music. And the music used in movies. And TV. I'm the friend who notices the music used in the media constantly to the point that my friends think of me immediately if and when they notice it themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Needle Drops That Will Change Your Life. What is a needle drop? I'm glad you asked. Wikipedia defines a needle drop as the use of an existing recording rather than an original score in a film. I'd also add television or honestly any other form of media, video games, movie trailers, and more. For example, any of the songs I discuss on this very podcast. Why should you care about my thoughts on needle drops? I'm a great person, obviously, but other than that, being a music supervisor is my dream job. But I live in Texas where there aren't a ton of opportunities for me to get into that industry, so I'm dipping my toe into the world of podcasting to discuss the incredible work that music supervisors do. What exactly do they do? Let me tell you. According to the Berklee College of Music, music supervisors artfully select and license pre-existing songs and recordings for use in movies, television shows, and video games. Today we're talking about one of the weirdest movies to ever come out, Donnie Darko, released in 2001 and its use of Mad World, specially recorded for the movie by Gary Jules. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. The music supervisors are an aperture music duo, Manish Raval and Tom Wolfe. Aperture Music was founded by the duo in 1997. It offers music supervision, music editing, and original music production services for film and television. Their previous music supervision credits include The Idol, released in 2023, This Is Us, which started in 2018, The Boys, which started in 2019, New Girl, started in 2011, and Drive Me Crazy, released in 1999, among many others. The duo was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Music Supervision in 2017 alongside Jonathan Lee for the girls' episode Goodbye Tour. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. Mad World is a 1982 song written by British band Tears for Fears. It was originally written by Roland Orbazal in the vein of Duran Duran's Girls on Film. The song was influenced by the theories of Arthur Janov or Yanov, author of The Primal Scream. Primal Therapy is a trauma-based psychotherapy created by Arthur Janov, who argued that neuroses is caused by the repressed pain of childhood trauma. He argued that repressed pain can be sequentially brought to conscious awareness for resolution through re-experiencing specific incidents and fully expressing the resulting pain during therapy. Primal therapy is not accepted in the field of psychology largely due to the lack of research. Just FYI, I am not for primal therapy. I am just relaying the information. It does feel good to scream sometimes, though, so, you know, but lack of research in the medical field, if you will. The lyric, the dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had, suggests that dreams of intense experiences such as death will be the best at releasing tension. The song peaked at number three on the OCC UK singles chart. 
Mad World achieved a second round of success 20 years after its initial release when it was covered by Michael Andrews and Gary Jules for the film Donnie Darko. For the score to the film, Donnie Darko director Richard Kelly commissioned Michael Andrews, a San Diego musician and composer who had worked as a member of a range of bands, including The Origin with Gary Jules and Grey Boy All-Stars. As Andrew states, the low budget for the project encouraged him to play with a diverse range of instruments for the soundtrack. Andrews wanted to put a song on his otherwise instrumental score, and he eventually chose Mad World, as Tears for Fears were one of his and childhood friends Jules' favorite bands growing up. Together, they recorded the song in an hour and a half. Gary Jules is an American singer-songwriter primarily known for this cover of Mad World. It hard to tell you, I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very bad world. I want to take a moment to congratulate the writers on the acceptance of their new contract. I'm really excited for the new contract and to see what comes from it as more writers get into writers' rooms. I'd also like to offer support as the actors continue their strike. After several days of negotiations, I saw that the AMPTP walked away without countering, which is really disheartening. Keep fighting the good fight. It'll work out. I know it, and I believe it, and I believe for what you're fighting for. Who are the characters in the movie? Jake Gyllenhaal plays Donnie Darko, an emotionally troubled teenager who inadvertently escapes a bizarre accident by sleepwalking. He has visions of Frank, a mysterious figure in a rabbit costume who informs him that the world will end in just 28 days. Holmes Osborne and Mary McDonnell play Donnie's parents, Eddie and Rose Darko. Maggie Gyllenhaal plays Elizabeth Darko, Donnie's twin, maybe? They're definitely siblings, um, <laughs> but I think they're supposed to be twins in the movie. She is taking a gap year between high school and college. Donnie is still in high school due to some of his previous issues. Davy Chase plays Samantha Darko, Donnie's little sister who is on the school dance team, Sparkle Motion. James Duvall is Frank the Rabbit, Donnie's imaginary friend. Jenna Malone plays Gretchen Ross, a new girl in school who becomes Donnie's girlfriend after she sits next to him in English class. Beth Grant plays Kitty Farmer, the PE teacher and Sparkle Motion director at Donnie and Samantha's school. Patrick Swayze plays Jim Cunningham, a religious motivational speaker invited to the school to inspire students. Patience Cleveland plays Roberta Sparrow, a.k.a. Grandma Death. Noah Wiley plays Dr. Kenneth Monitoff. Donnie corrects Gretchen. I still don't know how to say it. Donnie and Gretchen's physics teacher. Drew Barrymore plays Karen Pomeroy, Donnie and Gretchen's English teacher. She and Dr. Monatoff appear to be dating throughout the movie. Catherine Ross plays Dr. Lillian Thurman, Donnie's psychologist, therapist person, and some other recognizable faces in the movie include Seth Rogen as one of Donnie's bullies. And yes, that was Ashley Tisdale in the school assembly talking to Jim Cunningham. Hello, teacher, tell me what's my lesson. Look right through me. Look right through me. 
The IMDb summary for this weird, weird movie is after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. Beat by beat, Donnie Darko is a troubled teenager in suburban Maryland. A schizophrenic with a history of violence, he has recently stopped taking his medication and as a result is sleepwalking. His parents, Rose and Eddie, and his sisters, Elizabeth and Samantha, worry about him. One night at dinner, Donnie and his sister get into a profane argument during which Elizabeth reveals she knows Donnie is no longer taking his medication. Rose confronts Donnie in his bedroom after dinner and he calls her a bitch. Guilty, Donnie resumes taking his medication. On October 2nd, however, he sleepwalks and meets Frank, a man in a menacing bunny costume. Frank tells Donnie that in 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds, the world will end. That night, a jet engine mysteriously crashes through the roof of the Darko's house, destroying Donnie's room. Had he not been sleepwalking, he would have been killed. On the way to Dr. Thurman's office, Donnie's therapist, Donnie and Eddie nearly run over Roberta Sparrow, also known as Grandma Death, a senile old woman who spends her days walking back and forth from her house to the mailbox across the street. When they stop to make sure she's okay, Grandma Death whispers in Donnie's ear that all lives ultimately die alone. This greatly troubles Donnie, who worries that life has no meaning. A few days later, Frank appears to Donnie in a hallucination and encourages him to flood his high school by breaking open the water main with an axe. Donnie also embeds the axe in the head of the school's solid bronze statue of its mascot and spray paints They Made Me Do It on the sidewalk. School is canceled that day and Donnie walks Gretchen home. She reveals that her stepfather nearly killed her mother and is on the loose. Donnie reveals his own troubled past as well as his intelligence. Gretchen decides that Donnie is weird and that makes him attractive. They agree to become a couple. It's at the bus stop on this particular day in the movie that we get one of the most iconic quotes from this film. And as weird as this movie is, it's got some really iconic quotes. So I will insert baby mice are feces here. Beth's mom said the boys' locker room was flooded and they found feces everywhere. What are feces? Baby mice. Aww. Donnie has a troubled relationship with the faculty at his high school. Miss Pomeroy appreciates his intellect and ability to engage with and understand the difficult material she assigns them to read. The science teacher, Dr. Monotoff, finds him a little more troubling, and Kitty Farmer, the high-strung and socially conservative health instructor, is offended that he questions her use of self-help tapes in class. After he profanely rejects her use of the simplistic methods espoused by local celebrity Jim Cunningham, Donnie finds himself suspended from after-school activities. When Donnie verbally assaults Cunningham during an appearance at the high school, he gets in even deeper trouble. Although the administration suspects that Donnie is indeed responsible for the vandalism, he is never quite charged. Frank continues to appear to Donnie and tells him that they can do anything and won't get caught. Frank also tells Donnie about time travel, further confusing Donnie. Soon, Donnie starts to see tubes of fluid light extending out of his family's chests, indicating where they will go. His own tube beckons him to follow it as he enters his parents' room and reveals the gun his father keeps in a box in the closet. Donnie speaks about time travel with Dr. Monotoff, who gives him a book, The Philosophy of Time Travel, written by Roberta Sparrow. She used to be a nun and teacher at the school. Donnie later realizes that Roberta Sparrow is now Grandma Death. 
The climate at the school is becoming increasingly conservative as Kitty Farmer leads a protest against Miss Pomeroy's choice of reading material, one of the stories she assigned Graham Greene's The Destructors, which features teenagers who destroy a man's house by flooding it. Miss Pomeroy is fired, and Dr. Monatoff, who is her boyfriend, refuses to discuss time travel with Donnie once his questions take a theological direction. Gretchen and Donnie grow closer. She is one of the few people he opens up to about his time travel visions, and they discuss how they wish they could travel back in time and prevent the bad things in their lives from happening. Dr. Thurman increases Donnie's medication and begins hypnotherapy with him, but Frank continues to appear to Donnie. One night, Donnie and Gretchen go to see a horror movie. Gretchen falls asleep and Frank appears. When Donnie asks Frank to remove his bunny suit, Frank asks Donnie to remove his human suit, then acquiesces and takes the head off his suit, revealing a young adult with a gruesome wound in his right eye. When Donnie asks about the cause of the eye wound, Frank whispers, I am so sorry, and directs Donnie's attention to the movie screen. When's this going to stop? You should already know that. (laughs) I want you to watch the movie screen. portal opens revealing Jim Cunningham's house. Frank tells Donnie to burn it to the ground. Donnie leaves the sleeping Gretchen in the theater and does as Frank tells him. He is not caught and firefighters discover a child porn dungeon in a secret room in the mansion. Cunningham is arrested the next morning. Kitty Farmer, a friend and devoted follower of Cunningham's, decides she must lead his public defense and asks Rose to accompany the school dance team, Sparkle Motion, to Los Angeles to appear on Star Search. Samantha is Sparkle Motion's lead dancer, and against her better judgment, Rose agrees. Now, as their coach, I was the obvious choice to chaperone them on their trip, but... But now, you can't go. Yes. Hmm. Now, believe me, of all the other mothers, I would never dream of asking you, but none of the other mothers are available to go. I don't know, Kitty. It's a bad weekend. Eddie's in New York. Rose, I don't know if you realize what an opportunity this is for our daughters. This has been a dream of Samantha's and and all of ours for a long time. I made her lead dancer. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. Because Eddie is away on business, this means Elizabeth and Donnie are on their own. Elizabeth is accepted to Harvard, and she and Donnie decide to throw a Halloween party to celebrate. The night of the party, October 30th, Gretchen comes to Donnie's house for safety because her mother has suddenly disappeared. Donnie comforts her, ignoring phone calls from Donnie's desperate therapist, who knows that Donnie is responsible for the vandalism to the high school and Jim Cunningham's house, and Rose, who calls to announce that Sparkle Motion won their initial star search competition and they will return on a red-eye flight that night. 
At midnight, Donnie has another hallucination about the fluid light tunnels. He realizes that the 28 days have passed and that only six hours remain until the end. Convinced that Grandma Death is in some way connected to Frank, Donnie persuades Gretchen and two other friends to go with him to her house. When they get there, they are assaulted by the high school bullies. Gretchen is thrown dazed into the road where she is struck and killed by a car driven by Frank. Frank is wearing that creepy bunny costume that Donnie's hallucination wears. Donnie uses his father's gun to shoot Frank in the right eye, killing him, then carries Gretchen's body to his home. He steals the car keys from a sleeping Elizabeth and takes Gretchen with him and drives into the hills above town. From that vantage point, Donnie can see a time tunnel forming over the town. The red eye carrying rose and sparkle motion enters turbulence created by the time tunnel and one of the engines on the jet breaks free and falls into the tunnel. Donnie looks at Gretchen with love and then drives into the time tunnel. It's October 2nd again. Donnie lies in bed laughing, happy. Shortly after he goes to sleep, the jet engine from the red eye flight on October 30th crashes through the roof and kills him. Our needle drop hits as throughout town, Dr. Thurman, Dr. Monotoff, Kitty Farmer, Jim Cunningham, and Frank are all suddenly troubled and sad. The next morning, Gretchen rides her bike in front of the Godarko's house. Elizabeth, Eddie, and Samantha are sobbing as Donnie's corpse is taken away, while Rose smokes his cigarette a few feet away, doing her best to deal with the fact that her last encounter with her troubled son was the unpleasant confrontation in his bedroom. Gretchen finds out from a young boy what happened and who the family is. Touched by the tragedy, she shyly waves to Rose. Touched by a stranger's act of kindness, Rose waves back. How does the song relate to the characters and the plot of the movie? Gary Jules said that he believes the song was easy for people to relate to, saying, I think it's a really beautiful example of a person struggling with the fact that life is mad. I honestly think it's one of the most beautiful songs I have ever heard, and the way it's stripped down just pins people. He went on to say, every so often a song with just vocals, piano, and cello creeps up on you and says something about who you are, where you're going, which stops you in your tracks. Verse 1. Donnie at the bus stop a couple of times throughout the movie, establishing his daily routine. We also learn early on that Donnie suffers from some sort of mental health issue as he sees a therapist and his sister chides him at the dinner table for no longer taking his medication. I know from my own mental health struggles, it's easy to feel stuck in certain places, feeling like you're repeating the same thing day after day, and it's understandable if Donnie feels this way too especially if Elizabeth is not only his sister, but his twin, and she's taking a gap year between high school and college while he's still in high school. Verse 2. The tears are filling up their glasses. No expression. No expression. Hide my 
no tomorrow. After Grandma Death tells Donnie that every living creature dies alone, he begins to feel more anxiety about the world and his place in it. This may add to his feelings of being stuck. Chorus. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very mad Although he may feel stuck, Donnie may also feel sorry for the people repeating their daily lives, especially once Frank comes into the picture. Frank invites Donnie to do dangerous and exciting things, and Donnie seems to relish in it. Verse 4. Went to school and I was very nervous. No one knew me. No one knew me. Hello, teacher, tell me what's my Look right through me. Look right through me. This verse reminds me of Gretchen. She's new in school after moving to a new town. As a new kid, it's easy to feel invisible and super visible all at once. When Miss Pomeroy tells her to sit next to the cutest boy in class, she gets a lot of attention for choosing Donnie without knowing his past. It's safe to assume that in a small town like Middlesex and at a smaller private school, most of the people around him know of Donnie's past, and he'd likely love to be invisible. Another song that could have been used. I usually like to keep these picks contemporary with the movie if possible, but this song fit the vibe really, really well. It's a cover of Shout by Tears for Fears, and the cover is performed by Zade Wolf. Dustin Burnett. Burnett, commonly known as Zade Wolf, is an American musician, singer-songwriter, and record producer. Before becoming Zade Wolf, Burnett was in the alternative rock band The October as lead singer. Near the end of 2015, he started producing concept music. He had ideas, but could not find any singers, causing him to just sing them himself. His music has been used in Teen Mom OG, Love Island, Fortnite, Maze Runner, The Death Trials, and many Dude Perfect videos on YouTube. This song was featured in Aiden Bryant's aerial act on America's Got Talent in 2021. Like I mentioned, Shout is originally by English pop rock band Tears for Fears. Songwriter Roland Orbazal noted that the song is actually more concerned with political protests than the common view that it is about primal scream theory, which we discussed at the top of the episode, a trauma-based psychology tool which works by having people confront their fears by shouting and screaming. The original Tears for Fears version has multiple verses in addition to the chorus. However, Zaid's only features the first verse and focuses primarily on the chorus. Verse 1. Donnie 
Bonnie instantly knows there's something off about Jim Cunningham. It's only when Frank encourages him to burn Cunningham's house that the truth is fully revealed and child porn is found in the ashes of the home. Chorus. Regardless of if this song is about primal scream or political protest, both are present in this movie. Elizabeth starts off family dinner or interrupts an awkward moment of family dinner at the beginning of the movie by saying she's voting for Dukakis in the 1988 election. I'm voting for Dukakis. Hmm. Well... Maybe when you have children of your own who need braces and you can't afford them because half of your husband's paycheck goes to the federal government, you'll uh, regret that. My husband's paycheck? (laughs) Miss Pomfrey releases a primal scream after being fired from the school for teaching a book that some more conservative parents think should be banned. Other needle drops in the movie. The film's opening sequence is set to The Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen. The continuous shot of introduction of Johnny's high school prominently features the song Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. For Whom the Bell Tolls by Carmen Day and Stephen Baker plays at the movie theater. Samantha's dance group Sparkle Motion performs Notorious by Duran Duran. Under the Milky Way by The Church is played after Donnie and Gretchen emerge from his bedroom during the party. Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division also appears during the party and shots of Donnie and Gretchen upstairs. There are a few changes to the soundtrack in the director's cut. In the director's cut, the music in the opening sequence is replaced by Never Tear Us Apart by NXS. Under the Milky Way is moved to the scene of Donnie and Eddie driving home from Donnie's meeting with his therapist. And the Killing Moon is played as Gretchen and Donnie return to the party from Donnie's parents' room. I also don't know if this is where the chord progression from Bright Eyes, Lover I Don't Have to Love comes from. But part of the score, especially as Donnie and Gretchen enter the movie theater, really, really reminds me of Lover I Don't Have to Love, which debuted a year and a half after the movie's release. I'll play the clips here. Lover I Don't Have to Love. Gretchen Ross from the score of Donnie Darko. crazy or do they sound alike? Let me know your thoughts. Other media Mad World was used for and or covers of the song. 
In 2021, Billboard wrote an article listing the seven best covers of Mad World, which included a couple I'll discuss in this section of the podcast, and I'll link the article in the show notes. The original Tears for Fears version of Mad World has been covered by various artists, including a a 2003 single release of the song, which reached number one in the UK for three consecutive weeks and won Orbizal his second Ivor Novello Award. In 2011, the song was covered by the TV reality show The Glee Project. And in 2021, a rendition of the song was included on Demi Lovato's album Dancing with the Devil, The Art of Starting Over. Cleveland from the animated Fox television program The Cleveland Show sang Mad World for the first two minutes of the episode airing April 1st, 2012. And the Tears for Fears version was also featured in The Circle Season 2, Episode 11 in 2021. The Gary Jules version for Donnie Darko was also featured as background music in various television programs such as General Hospital, as well as individual episodes of Without a Trace, The O.C., Smallville, Jericho, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, House, and Riverdale. In 2006, the song was included in the commercial to the video game Gears of War, which helped it move up the charts. In 2016, the cover was used in a commercial for Lloyd's Bank, which featured a horse galloping through different stages of people's lives. Adam Lambert sang a cover of Mad World that was heavily influenced by Jules' version at two different points in his American Idol competition, as well as during the American Idol's live 2009 tour. Following its appearance on the popular TV show, Jules' version of the song rose to number 11 on the iTunes store. The song charted again in Australia in 2020 following the success of The Masked Singer. So how did the needle drop affect the song? This version was originally released on CD in 1998 on the Gary Jules album Greetings from the Side and again in 2002 for the film's soundtrack along with an additional alternate or remixed version, but an increasing cult following spawned by the film's DVD release prompted Jules and Andrews to issue the song as a proper single. The single was released through Sanctuary Records on December 15th, 2003, in time for the race for the UK's Christmas number one. Despite Christmas Time Don't Let the Bells End by The Darkness being the bookmaker's favorite to become the 2003 Christmas number one in the UK, Mad World upset the odds and took the title on December 21st, 2003. It remained at number one on the UK singles chart for three consecutive weeks. In the U.S., it peaked at number 30 on Billboard's U.S. Alternative Airplay and number one on Billboard's U.S. Adult Alternative Songs. It came in at number 53 on the U.K. Top 100 Songs of the Decade for 2000 to 2009. That's all for today. Join me next time when I geek out over another needle drop. Leave a rating and review if you are so inclined and let me know what song you think would play after a tragic time loop incident in which a part of a plane your mom and sister are on drops on top of your house. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to answer the question. You can also visit my podcast page on Spotify, link in the show notes, and leave me a voice message. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Needle Drops Podcast, and we also have a TikTok at Needle Drops Podcast. I also went ahead and made a playlist on Spotify of all the needle drops we've discussed. Link in the show notes. If you'd like to guest on an episode or have an idea for a needle drop you'd like to hear discussed, send me an email at needledropspodcast at gmail.com. 
I'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we've discussed so far and any ideas you may have for future episodes. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me. Social media support also provided by me. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to share needle drops that will change your life with someone in your life that you think would appreciate it. If you are feeling extra generous, I'd love if you would leave a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you prefer. Word of mouth and reviews really help new podcasts. See you next time.